The idea of job security is outdated as a landline. If you haven't been in a search for a while, it's probable you will at some point, by choice or not. Most executives admit to staying way too long or sense what's coming and justify staying anyway. Here, there's another reason. The faulty belief that navigating to what's next will inevitably be worse and has to suck. Screw that. Lauren Greif has spent a lifetime in corporate and executive search, calling bullshit on stale career advice that most still use. This is Career Blast in a Half, the career podcast for executives ready to cut past outdated career advice to fuel your outcomes now. So let's go. Well, well, well. It is time for another episode of Career Blast and a Half, and this is going to be juicy. I feel like this is like one of those things that has been like the nails on a chalkboard for me. And what we're talking about today is entitlement in your career and why gratitude helps limit, maybe even wipe out some of that entitlement that comes from the you owe me attitude that gets in the way of our success. So mm. with me today is one of my all-time faves, the Chris Shembra. You see, I've given him a stage name, the Chris Shembra. And Chris Shembra is also the founder of 747. And I'm going to let him do a little bit more on his introduction. But man, oh man, Chris, I am so grateful, literally, to have you here. And so welcome to you, Chris, from Brooklyn, New York. Lauren, I'm excited to be with you. We've shared so many great times in person and virtually serving your community, meeting your people, sharing some amazing food in Chicago. And this is just every time I talk to you, I learn so much about the world. Hmm. So I have to have you tell this story. I could introduce you, but literally it would just be like in comparison to <laughs> telling your own story about how you stumbled into gratitude. And why you wrote the book, Gratitude in Hard Times, and how pasta somehow got mixed up in this. <laughs> Please. Oh, that story, Lauren. Thank you for asking it. It's the story that we wear in our heart, the story we wear on our sleeve, the story, well, that we've stuck to these last number of years. You know, the story that Lauren's asking about today is a story that I, I hope a lot of you can connect with in your own life. And it's the story that got us our most recent start on this newest chapter running this company, 747. So the story dates back to July of 2015. If you looked at my life then, you would have seen the same generally kind of guy that's on your video screen right now. I had a job, just like you. I had a career. I had uh, nice friends. The industry had said nice things about me. It was a pretty good life on paper. And all was fine and dandy, life looking good on paper, until one day I realized it didn't translate into feeling good in the heart. I know so many of you are probably stuck between things, wearing a cloak of inauthenticity, trying to figure out what the heck is next for me. And that was my moment. I had just come back from producing a Broadway play over in uh, Rome, Italy. And it was life-changing. Rome 
really woke me up. It woke me up to the possibilities of living a good life. Well, Dolce Vita, as they say. You know, the, the Romans over there, they walk different. They talk different. They honor history different. They love language different. They even eat food different with their friends amongst the community. And when I got back to New York City, I said, there's a disconnect here. I don't feel so good. Some of the emotions I felt in that moment were lonely, overwhelmed, disconnected, insecure, nervous, cautious, tired, anxious, empty, sad, lonely, lost. Some of you might feel some of those emotions today. And, you know, that's not a good look for me in general. I've got a long history of non-suicidal self-injury, depression, jail, rehab, all that kind of stuff on the resume. And I knew in that moment, July of 2015, if I didn't get my act together quick, I was going to go down a deep, dark path. And that was not going to look good. So I really thought, what was it about Rome that changed my perspective on everything? Well, again, now they ate food with their friends amongst community to the wee hours of the morning. And they've been doing this for millennia. And I said, I got to do that. Got to bring some of that joy back here to New York City. And I went into my kitchen and I did something simple. I invented a pasta sauce recipe and I decided I should probably feed it to people to see if it's even good or not. And that's when it all began. July 15th, 2015, I invited 15 strangers over to my home and we ate a nice bowl of pasta sauce together. 6.30 p.m. were arrivals. You just bring a bottle of wine. That was the cost of admission. 8 p.m. I wanted dinner served, but at 7.47 p.m., we put the pasta in the pot and delegated 11 specific tasks, empowering the attendees to work together to create the meal. It created a shared group experience. It lowered the ego. It limited entitlement. We had a good bowl of pasta sauce together. And then I paused dinner conversation and asked a specific question. If you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, or that you've never thought to thank, who would that be? And Lauren, when we asked that question around that first dinner table, these people came alive. They shared stories of how they had never thought to thank their parents, their dead dog, their third grade teacher, their mean ex-girlfriend bad boss, whatever it was, it was truth. It was authentic. It was real. Everybody cried. My life was forever changed. And in that moment, when we found that connection and we found out that gratitude can bring that to people, I've found something that I could dedicate the rest of my life to. And we've gone on to use that question and these principles of gratitude not the woo-woo side of gratitude, but like the science and psychology and ancient Stoic philosophy of gratitude to help spark over 500,000 relationships within the last eight years, helping the world's biggest companies build cultures of gratitude. And it's been a wonderful journey ever since. Mm. I don't know about you, but there have been many, 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 many times where I have been in ingratitude that's a place mm-hmm. that I know you know very well, especially in my career, right? Oh, 
that horrible client, that cluster that happened between my coworkers and I, that thing that happened with my boss where I you know, may have overstepped or put my foot in my mouth or didn't do the right thing in a presentation. I mean, all that time that I have spent kind of pointing the finger or <laughs> even, even worse, like that entitlement. So mm -hmm. I want you to help us understand not only about the topic of this podcast, which is that gratitude limits the entitlement, but why this is Seriously. so important for us as we are climbing and clawing our way to the top. And where did this come from? Like, I know that, you know, bless your heart, Chris Shembra, but this did not all come from you because I know a lot of this is based off of ancient and deep historical information. Mm -hmm. Share that with us. Oh, three huge questions. I'll start with a simple definition of gratitude. Gratitude in its simplest form is the acknowledgement that we've received something of benefit or something of value from others. It means we haven't gotten here by ourselves. We haven't gotten here on our own and that our ideas are not the most important thing in this world. We have collaborated. We have learned. We have received benefits. We have received value from others. Most people think of gratitude as this like self-reflective tool. They write in a gratitude. Like hallmarky. You know? Yeah. Think of it like something you do in a gratitude journal. Yes. You know, twice a day, you put it in your bedside table. It's a self-reflective exercise. That's good and all. But the true history of gratitude, and we think the best use case of gratitude is its pro-social nature. Barbara Fredrickson is a researcher who says that to be grateful is to be grateful to someone. Gratitude is the pro-social tool. And we are social creatures. We are wired for empathy. We were born into tribes. It's what we evolved from. Gratitude is part of the tool that creates those types of connections with others. Right? So that's gratitude. And we use that we use gratitude to help bring people together, to inspire meaningful moments of connection. It's what we've been doing for eight years. And as awesome as that is, and the knowledge that gratitude can help you build that, there's still a lot of stuff that stands in our way of practicing it. Because quite simply, we have a choice every day when we wake up. We can either wake up and appreciate the good and help a lot of things go right and live in an attitude of gratitude and tell people what they mean to us. Or we can wake up and only see the bad and try to correct things that are broken all day and assume the worst in people and be in conflict with the people. And that's called ingratitude. So gratitude is appreciating the good. Ingratitude is dwelling on the negative. We've all got that in our lives. And so what you were alluding to is, yeah, Chris, you didn't invent any of this. People have been talking about this throughout history for thousands of years. See, we believe that history is our greatest teacher, and we'd be fools to ignore it. And we can go back to thousands of years ago and point the finger to say, 
people reeked of ingratitude then, and they reek of ingratitude now. And look at all the problems it's caused in our world. There was a book written in the year 62 AD by an ancient philosopher known as Lucius Annius Seneca. History knows him as uh, Seneca, the elder. And he wrote a book called On Benefits, which stated that the greatest plague to Roman society is that we neither know how to give nor receive a benefit. Of all the vices common in that society, in today's society, nothing is more common than ingratitude. He believed that there was nothing worse for humanity than the ungrateful man, of which all homicides, tyrants, thievery, adulterers, sacrilegious traitors, ravishers had derived from. He looked at society, as well as Marcus Aurelius and Plato and Socrates and Aristotle, these men looked at society and said, wow, we have a society that's filled with some really bad things happening. Plagues, pandemics, social divide, class warfare, injustice. And what those bad things created in people was a negative mindset, a mindset that was based on fear and anxiety and competition and entitlement and guilt and anger and regret. And those are hallmark examples of ingratitude. And you know what? Those are the termites that get into our careers as well. Easy. Mm-hmm. And so what happened over time is that we never fixed any of those problems. We never shifted out of a lens of ingratitude. Our world today looks not too dissimilar than ancient Rome of 2,000 years ago. We got plagues. We got pandemics got social divide, class warfare, fighting foreign wars, running out of money, and injustice of all kinds. And that reeks of fear and anxiety and conflict and entitlement and greed and anger and guilt and shame and all these kind of things. And that is a product of ingratitude. And how that shows up in our world is that we look at others and we say we are either better than others or we are worse than others. And all of us do that in almost every situation in our life. Mm. And what that causes is great divide and conflict and depression and our inabilities to grow in our careers or lead teams or all these things. So the, the world is stinking of ingratitude right now. And one of the easiest things to point out in gratitude is a culture of entitlement. So. Listener, dear listener, maybe even entitled listener, I want to invite you into this conversation right now because the outside circumstances you can't control, but this one you can. And so talk to us, Chris, a little bit about how we can insert that gratitude to limit the entitlement, and why the entitlement can be so toxic to our careers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. You know, if you're watching this or listening to this, you're probably listening to this and saying, that's not applicable to me. I'm better than that. I'm not that person he's talking about that thinks their shit doesn't stink or thinks they're less than or better than others. 
But the truth is, we all have a little bit of that in us. Some of you think that you've gotten to the point where you are in your career based solely on your own abilities. Some of you think that you have not gotten as much help from others as you actually have. Something scientists refer to as an egocentric bias. There's a disconnect between how much help we perceive that we've gotten in life and how much help we actually have gotten in life. And so you reek of entitlement. And what that does is likely creates conflict. It likely means that you don't know how to appreciate benefits truly when you receive them. And that leads to an inability to inspire others, engage with others, dream up beautiful things in collaboration with others, and your potential will be limited because of that. Oh my, I have to stop you because this is so huge. What you just said is that entitlement gets in the way of inspiring others, which I don't know about you, Chris, but most leaders I know are in those roles because they have a desire to inspire. And so mm-hmm. this is something that we really need to get into check about because those two things are literally like they don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Right now, there are a lot of leaders out there who are walking around expecting others to appreciate them before they can appreciate others. There are a lot of leaders that are walking around saying, our stock price is down. We're going through really hard times. Don't they see how hard that I'm working for them? Why aren't they more grateful for me? And that reeks of entitlement. You are expecting others to show you gratitude without showing them gratitude in the first place. (laughs) And whether it's a leader doing that to employees or employees doing that to leaders saying, don't the leaders realize how hard we're working for them? Why don't they show us more gratitude? We've got it harder than them, don't we? They're on their fancy jets in Barbados and we're sweating here behind our home remote computer screens trying to make them money. Why don't they give us gratitude? That reeks of entitlement too. A great book called The Anatomy of Peace really explains a lot of these concepts. It's a book that it explains the fictional story of six sets of parents dropping their kids off to a wilderness treatment facility in Utah. And this is a wilderness rehab facility like I went to. It's owned by a Jewish Israeli man and a Palestinian Arab man whose fathers were both killed by the other co-founders' ethnic cousins, yet they found peace, they found connection, came together and started a rehab. Well, the six sets of parents drop the kids off to the rehab, and they have to stay there for two days to integrate. The kids get dropped off, they get in the van, and the van takes the kids out to the woods to join the other campers or rehab participants. In the story, one of the parents raises his hand and looks at the two co-founders and says, I can't wait to spend the next two days figuring out how you're going to fix my kid. And he points the finger at the two owners, how you're going to fix my kid. And the two owners laugh and essentially say, well, that's not what we're going to do these next two days. We're not going to talk about the kids at all. In fact, in order to see the change you want to see in your kids, first you have to make the change within yourself. And they go through the whole entire book talking about how we either put ourselves in boxes 
where we think that we're better than others, we're walking around with an entitled superiority mindset, or we put ourselves in the box of saying our shit stinks better than other, bigger than other people's shit. And so we walk around with a victim mindset and that's a form of entitlement as well. Mm. And neither of those two things can exist at the same time that gratitude exists. Because to walk around in your career as an entitled person means to ignore the benefits you've received from others. It means to ignore the benefits that you've even provided yourself. Gratitude can stop all of this. Okay, so now we're going to take this to the mat, all right? We're going to put this into a practical application Mm -hmm. so that our listeners you, yes, you, who could be, you know, suffering from entitlement, which could mean also that you're coming at it from the backwards end where you're thinking, I just don't inspire people, right? Well, maybe that's the reason why, because you're very entitled and I've been there myself. So don't think that this isn't like applicable to me as well. Give us, Chris, Mm -hmm. three different ways that we can use gratitude in our work with those who are maybe senior to us without kissing ass, Mm -hmm. those who work for us without placating them, and those in our personal life where we can just incorporate this gratitude because even though we're talking about careers, it happens everywhere. Mm -hmm. How, How can we do that first and foremost without brown nosing? So imagine that you are a mid-level employee working at a 2,000-person mid-market firm, and there's a VP above you, there's even the founder and CEO above you, and you've somehow convinced yourself that you do a better job than the actual VP above you. You are closer to the product, you put in longer hours, the VP somehow always on vacation or something, or I don't know, and you just see them as this like piece of crap and you should have their job. You reek of entitlement. You reek that you are better than that VP. That's not going to help you get that VP position. That's going to make the company look at you as a bitter little bitch. One thing that you can do is actually give gratitude to the amazing work that that VP does and acknowledge them for who they truly are. Give us an example. What would that sound like? That would mean you've probably got a long list of a hundred things that that VP does wrong. They don't answer emails quick enough. They're not close enough to the product to answer good questions. You've got a laundry list of what they do wrong. Make a laundry list of what they do right and give them gratitude for those things. In a positive affirmations versus negative criticism, do a three to one ratio. Mm. Every time you interact with that VP, give them gratitude three more times then you give them some kind of constructive feedback on what it's like to work for them. Mm-hmm. That VP will see you as a grateful person. Other people in the organization will observe your gratitude and want to help you out more and associate with you more. Sarah Algoe proved that in her research study called Witnessing Theory that showed that when people observe actions of gratitude amongst teams, they're more willing to help out Not only the person who is receiving the gratitude, like the VP, but actually the person who gave the gratitude, you. Right. It's a reflection on you. And so gratitude will change your mindset. And instead of looking at everything that 
you lack or that the VP lacks, you'll actually turn to an attitude of gratitude, which leads to creativity and innovation and connection and all these beautiful things. So that's one use case. Suppose that you're a leader and you've been putting out fires for the last three years. You've been putting in long hours. You've even paused your salary. You've even taken losses. You've even had to, I don't know, miss your kids' soccer games, whatever. You're probably walking around with a victim mindset, thinking that you have been dealt a worse hand than the people that work for you. They got a steady paycheck. They get to clock out at 5 p.m. They get to go out and you know do barbecues in their backyard on the weekdays. You're slaving away 18, 20-hour days because your ass is on the chopping block for your stock price. Your family's nine generations of wealth or legacy determines on how hard you work right now. And so you think you've gotten the short end of the stick. That reeks of entitlement. That's victim mindset. It's time for you to take a fearless and searching moral inventory of the benefits that you have in your life. And give gratitude to that. Give gratitude to who has helped you along the way. What employees have actually gone out of their way or broken their backs to ensure your success and give them gratitude. And what does that sound or look like? So pretend I work for you, which is never going to happen. Kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I want to work for you. Okay, that's fair. So no, we're shoulder to shoulder all the way. So, so you work for me, I'm a leader, and I think that I've gotten the shit end of the stick because i got to work longer hours and the stock price is determined upon my performance and blah, blah, blah. That's what I tell myself. I'm a victim. What I'd like to do is go out and listen and learn about your story, what you're going through, the things that you've sacrificed and given up in order to serve this team, develop empathy develop connection, give you gratitude. Lauren, I know your dream was to go to the Grand Canyon last year with your family on vacation. And I know that I asked you to stay late that one week to help me out on this company-saving project. I've not given you enough gratitude for the sacrifice that you've actually made for our well-being. I've not thanked you for that. That is the integrity, that is the honor, that is the service of which we hired you for. And I just don't pay enough attention to it because I can't get out of my own way. But thank you. Mm. My God, was it big. And just the idea of you expressing that gratitude, me, to you, it feels good to give. It's going to feel good for you to receive. And it's going to feel good for others to observe. And that kind of pro-social compounding effect is going to help shift around your entire leadership style. And who doesn't want to work for that person? Yeah. Who doesn't want to work for the person? Grateful leaders listen. Grateful leaders ask good questions. Grateful leaders empathize with others. And studies show that one in three employees would take equal pay and position at a competitor's firm if their employer was more empathetic. An entitled leader shows no empathy. Mm -hmm. Listening to the feelings and perspectives of those you serve helps limit that entitlement. Wow. This is massive. And then lastly, because our careers don't live in some kind of neat compartment, and I know, and I've said this many times openly, right? When I'm in a miserable job or when things really like 
hit the fan in my work life, you better believe it's spilling out over all my personal areas. So how do we, when we've had that crappy day at work or when some shit hits the fan, how do we express this gratitude for the family and the people uh-huh. and friends that are supporting us through those awful bad moods and through, you know, obviously extended work hours and mm-hmm. this and this and this. How do we do that in a way isn't groveling? <laughs> yeah, I mean, on a small scale, you know, if you're in a dual career relationship, it's very easy for either one of those people to think that their job is harder than the other person's job. Oh, well, my job requires thought leadership and speaking and writing. And so therefore, my job's more important or better than your job, which requires customer service and working on a team and blah, blah, blah. That's entitlement. That's a superior than thou mindset. What that is doing is showing your partner that you don't appreciate what they bring to the table and the sacrifices that they make and how hard their job is. And so you can actually, you know, if you have that entitlement, go and actually give your partner authentic gratitude for who they are, for what they bring to the table, for the things that, uh, you know, they never get the thanks for. You know, odds are the people around you, as I mentioned, the egocentric bias earlier, odds are these people around you that are the closest to you provide far more benefits than you're giving them gratitude for. And so if you actually just take the time to give them that gratitude, that slowly chips away at your entitlement. Another way that we see this come up a lot is in social divides between religion or politics or race or gender. There are some groups of people who are in families with other groups of people that believe in the polar opposite things that they believe in. And their entire relationships are summarized by that conflict. Their entire relationships are plagued by the idea that, oh, my sister's a Republican and I'm a Democrat and therefore I hate her and I can never have a conversation with her. Well, that's part of entitlement. One person saying, well, my beliefs are better than the other person's beliefs and so therefore I could have nothing to talk to them about. But the odds are your sister has done far more benefits for you over the course of your brotherhood, sisterhood that are positive than the current negative conflict of politics. And therefore, if you give her authentic gratitude for what she's meant in your life, especially from the ages of like two to 20 until she learned about politics, you can focus on the positive. You can give gratitude to the benefits you've received from her over time rather than focusing in on the conflict, which creates disconnection and entitlement. Every single one of these is practical and I will say required not only to keep you as a better leader and person in your career, but also part of the maintenance of being able to continuously show up because this is not like an event, right? It's a daily practice. And that will keep you in that framework of just being able to show up and not let these termites, as I referred to them earlier, Mm -hmm. get in the weed, get in those cracks. If you're listening to this and you're calling my bullshit, 
and you're saying, dude, I cannot find gratitude for my team. They are underperforming and like I give and give and give and I don't get nothing back in return. I get it. You're blocked. You're stinking of some kind of entitlement. Start in your personal life with gratitude. It will allow you to show up to work in your career with a heart at peace rather than a heart at war, and that'll impact your team's performance and productivity. All right. So here comes my signature questions. Yes. Yes. I love me a good reminder because I have what I call the ISM, which is the acronym for incredibly short memory. So I would like for you to provide us with the post-it coming out of this episode that we should all keep on our desktop. Your shit stinks. You've received benefits from others. Go give them gratitude. Your shit stinks. You've received benefits from others. Go give them gratitude. Excellent. And what would you say is your most recommended or one that you would like to recommend best career book? Anatomy of Peace which I talked about on the call, because the guy that I mentioned looked at the two co-founders saying, I can't wait to spend the next two days figuring out how you're going to fix my kid. His fictional character also runs a company. Mm. And the whole story deals with how he learns that he's been a complete piece of shit to his team, and four of his executives walked out the door because of his ingratitude. Woof. All right, and the last one, what's your walk-up song, Chris Shembra? Something from Hamilton. Oh. Not throwing away my shot. I knew it. I knew it. Just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I love it. Thank you so much, Christian. <laughs> Where should we find you? LinkedIn as well, Chris Shembra, 747club.org. Yeah, if you know your shit stinks, but you're unable to get out of the way of that and need a little dose of gratitude for you or your team, give us a call. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren. I'm recording right now. You're the best. I just absolutely love and adore you and Molly and hanging out with you. Talk soon. Thank you for joining today. We appreciate your listening ears. Big time. We ask this. Use these tools. Not tomorrow. Right now. And share them by spreading the love. Leaving us a rating and subscribe so you don't miss the next career blast in a half. Most of all, Thank you for you.